morning. That's good. It's always good to have a big full choir. They help you with those things. We're so glad that you're here today. My name is Bob Thomas. I'm one of the pastors. On behalf of our senior pastor and preacher of the day, Reverend David Hoffman, we are pleased to welcome you here in person and for those that are watching online. It is good to have you with us this morning. If you're in-house, if you'll take your connection card, if you're worshiping online, the uh, online host is going to be putting up a link so you can go to the connection card. We'd invite you to fill these out today. Uh, there are some opportunities that you can check off of things you'd like to do, and this is a place for you to include your prayer requests. We'd be honored to join you in prayer for whatever concerns are on your heart. I do have a couple of announcements. Uh, Prime Timers uh, is hosting uh, a day experience, or actually a, it's a, a 12 o'clock experience, about a, an hour, at the Jefferson Township School Number 2. Now, how many in your his family history have had someone, a grandparent, maybe you, attended a one-room school? Anybody? We, we've got some one-room schools. Well, this gives our third graders here in the Gahanna community an idea of what that might have been like to be a part of a one-room school. They get uh, Ohio history, local history, uh, visits from such notables as uh, Thomas Edison, Orville Wright. Uh, the suffragettes come and... Uh, and uh, uh, advocate for, for uh, rights of women to vote. It, it truly is an, a life learning experience and you can come and be a part of that this coming Wednesday at noon. All you have to do is just go to the one room school. It's right next to the football stadium. We do need to know if you're gonna join us. So that's how on the connection card, if you just put, yep, I'd like to come, that way we can get you on the attendance roster, make sure we have enough dunce caps, I mean, enough opportunities for you to participate uh, in that experience. So hope that you'll come and give it a whirl. Uh, and it's something unique for the Gahanna community and we're giving an opportunity for you to go and experience it firsthand. Next Sunday, our 8 o'clock service goes outside. Now, you may wonder, why am I telling you that? Well, just so that you know through your summer planning, if you have an event that's going to be later in the morning and maybe it would be hard for you to come to the 9.30 service and make it, just join us at 8 o'clock. We'll be outside in the Cook Chapel. Uh, it's a charming place for us to worship, and we'll be out there all summer long. Prison ministry is important here at Stony Brook. We take that very our responsibility very seriously to visit and to be a part of the life of those that are incarcerated. If you've been thinking about that but wonder if that's the ministry for you, on June the 5th at 1230, uh, the Bill Glass behind the, the walls ministry. We're going to be talking about that, giving some information. There'll be a luncheon that day. And you can kind of test out whether that might be a way that you could be involved uh, for at least for a one-time experience to, to go behind the walls and to share the love of Christ in that way. These are the announcements that we have today. There are more announcements in your bulletin. And for those of you worshiping online, you can get the, the online worship experience, our bulletin as well. Listen now as Deb Chotkavis plays for us Janet Linker's lovely arrangement of How Great Thou Art.
stand as you are able as we are called to worship together. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Let all people praise you, O Lord. God blesses us continually throughout all our lives. There is within my heart a melody. Will you sing with us together? bow with me now for a time of prayer. Oh God, the sweet name of Jesus does bring us joy and hope. Creator God, thank you for sending your Son to redeem us and your Holy Spirit to walk beside and sustain us. And as we reflect on all that is going on in the world, we so need the love of Jesus to uplift us this morning. Our hearts are broken by more racially motivated shootings. We are anxious about the ongoing war in Ukraine. The milestone of one million deaths here in the United States because of COVID 
is a sobering reminder of our vulnerability. We need the sweet name of Jesus to help us and to heal us. We need divine love in our world, our nations, our states, our communities, and in our personal relationships. Help us to remember Jesus' words that invite us to embody divine love in our behavior. May the things that we do and the words that we say and the attitudes of our lives demonstrate divine love and make a way for the peace that only you can bring, O oh God. So this morning, help us to claim as our very own the classic prayer of St. Francis. May this be our prayer today and every day. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, the truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. O Lord, if it were not for your saving power, gracious love, and holy peace, we would be overcome. Thank you for the assurance that you will always walk beside us. As the days are getting longer by the minute, we are reminded by nature itself that light always overcomes the darkness and that you, O Lord, are the true light of the world. Today we say thank you for the blessings of family and home and sustenance. Thank you for the blessing of your redeeming love. Thank you for giving us brothers and sisters not determined by race and ethnicity, but, by, but gifted by our very shared breath of life that comes from your creative hand. Come now among us, this gathered community in person and online. Help us to focus on the message that you have for each heart this day. Bless your servant, our pastor, David, as he unpacks for us the, the truth of the good news of your son, Jesus, who is none other than Prince of Peace. Hear these and all of our prayers in the holy name of Jesus. And following his instruction, we call you Father and pray with one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the final Sunday for our choir season. And on behalf of the whole congregation, I want to say thank you for leading us so expertly with beautiful music, outstanding quality, and a spirit that lifts us as we worship God. Will you help me thank our choir for this season? <clears throat> Now, do know that there will be special music each Sunday through the summer, and we already have on the calendar, they're going to get back together in August, get ready for next season, but it's good to have a little time off, and so we give you that, and we're grateful for the, the way that you have been serving us. They sing for us now, How Great Thou Art and Majesty.
morning. Good morning. morning. I'm Rebecca Weigel, the president of Stony Brook United Women in Faith, or most of you know us as um, United Women's Faith. <coughs> Went through a name change. If you'd like to know more about it, you can meet with me later. <laughs> Every year, we give out a special mission recognition award to a member of the congregation. This year, we would like to honor Pastor Amaris Bobcats. <laughs> Pastor Bob, your mission here at Stony Brook these last few years started when you came back <laughs> with a Bible study class. Your mission here grew to include visiting folks in the nursing homes, congregants' homes, and the hospitals. You helped start the Stephen Ministry, did video devotions during the pandemic with all those yummy recipes, and hosted the live stream worship services, and so much more. As a token of our appreciation, we would like to say thank you for all of your mission work. Thank you. Today's scripture lesson comes to us from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, verses 23 through 29. I invite us to hear these words. Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. Friends, this is the word of God for all God's children. Thanks be to God.
Thou who art over us, thou who art one of us, thou who simply art, give each of us a pure heart that we may see thee, a humble heart that we may hear thee, a heart of love that we may serve thee, and most of all, a heart of faith that we may always abide in thee. This is our hope. This is our prayer this day. Amen. Here is something for us to consider this morning. Does anyone know the reason why mountain climbers are tied together? Well, someone once remarked that mountain climbers are tied together to keep the sane ones from going home. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, right? But even though accountability and companionship are vitally important, we're probably wise enough to know that mountain climbers are tied together to keep them from getting lost in a snowstorm or from going off of the cliff. But there may be a piece of truth here. When things get tough up on the mountain, when, when fear begins to set in, when the route gets treacherous, Many, are, many a climber are tempted to say, this is crazy, and I'm heading home. But it's important for us to remember, just like the mountain climbers, that we are not alone, and that we are inseparably linked together. Our faith can be just like that. Doubts set in, despair overwhelms us, and the, the whole notion of trusting God with our lives seems to be far-fetched. We need God's assurance, and we need the company of others. Now, I, I would imagine that the disciples must have gotten incredibly frustrated with Jesus every once in a while, like in this morning's gospel lesson. The scene hasn't changed much since last week. We find the disciples gathered together on the evening of that last supper. And Jesus had just told his disciples that he was leaving and they could not follow him. And if that, if that is, wasn't enough, Jesus turned to them and said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, I would guess that their, that their reaction was the first century equivalent. Or, You've got to be kidding me. Don't let our hearts be troubled. We are facing all of this, and, and you're telling us not to be afraid? It would be like me simply telling someone who's experiencing a, a crisis or a tragedy in their life, don't worry, be happy. And I've never liked that song anyway. <laughs> Or maybe this is just my own commentary and reaction about our own current world situation. Perhaps I'm projecting my own feelings onto the angst of, of the disciples. Do not let our hearts be troubled. Are you kidding me, Jesus? Look around. Racially motivated mass shootings, the ongoing war in Ukraine, the devaluing of diversity, as if we are not all created in the image of God, unaddressed poverty, rising gas prices, and inflation, the list goes on and on. Do not be afraid, do not worry. What am I, what are we supposed to do? And what about all those other things that are happening in our own lives right now and in, in the lives of those whom we love? Even within our own denomination, the United Methodist Church, we are, we are not immune to conflict and, and divisiveness. I have to chuckle at myself every time that my fingers move faster than my mind and I transpose the I and the T in United, spelling the word untied Methodist Church instead of United Methodist Church. Friends, let's pray that despite our, our differences that we can get along and, and remain a vital witness in this world. Are we not supposed to be troubled by everything that surrounds us? 
Are we just supposed to ignore and normalize what is happening all around us and then hike ourselves over the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? Or are we called to stay the course and rely upon God's spirit? One might ask what's not in trouble these days. Friends, this is precisely what I think that makes Jesus' promise of peace challenging for us to take in. For some of us, peace is, is just what it, what, we, what it feels like we are missing out on right now. Peace, after all, would mean the cessation of all this conflict, the end of all the turmoil, solutions to all of our problems, and, and the conclusion of our wanting and waiting and worrying. Right? Jesus knew that his disciples would have days like this. He knew that we would have days like this. So he told them that God's spirit and God's peace would be with them. Even in the verses that follow this morning's text, Jesus says that they are, are tied together like branches on the same vine, tied together in God's spirit, trusting in the one who will always be more than what we can understand. I think there's more truth in this morning's text than meets the eye. I've always thought of the idea of peace as something, as the absence of, of something negative, like the absence of war or violence or strife or hatred or fear or guilt or, or anger. And indeed, the, the, def, the first definition in, in the dictionary matches this point of view. Peace is defined as the freedom from disturbance. But maybe, just maybe, we have it all wrong. Look at Jesus' own words. Perhaps peace isn't the absence of, of something, but rather its own existence. Maybe peace is something much bigger than what, what it is defending itself against. Think about that. Maybe peace is something bigger than what it is defending itself against. Maybe peace is something all on its own. Maybe peace creates something positive, makes something possible, not just curtails something negative. Maybe peace is supposed to be proactive rather than reactive. Perhaps this is what Jesus meant by saying, my peace, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Let's for a moment challenge the way that we usually think about our faith and, and how it relates to the experience of peace in our lives. When we think of our faith, most of us tend to operate with a sense that our human condition has caused us to have within us a, a need, a, an awareness of our lack of something, a restlessness, a, a hole that somehow just needs to be filled in our lives. The awareness of this perceived need can leave us feeling uneasy or fearful or as if we're not worthy or don't measure up. Do you remember Augustine's famous quote, my, my heart is restless, O God, until it rests in thee? Actually, I think that's pretty accurate. But I suspect that along with that, that picture of our human condition comes a related concept of how God should respond to us. That God fills that hole that meets that need and fills in what we lack. And in one sense, I, I think that's true. But I'm not sure that, that it means that once we come to faith that, that everything is suddenly and easily resolved and, and that we're no longer aware of our need or our lack or our hurt or our brokenness or, or whatever. It's not the icing on the cakes smoothing over all of life's blemishes. And further, 
if we still have that need or brokenness in our lives, as some suggest, that God is somehow not present nor working in our lives. No, I don't think it's like that. Faith, I believe, doesn't so much take away all the difficult things in life. That's God calling us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's my phone? That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Faith, I believe, doesn't so much take away all those difficult things in our life, but it makes them bearable. And, if, and I think that it's, there's even a little bit more than that. Faith doesn't take away all the difficult things in our life, but it, it keeps us, keeps them from dominating or taking control over our lives, from defining who we are. And it shows us the possibilities that exist all around us. Our needs, our wants, our broken places are still accurate descriptions of who we are, or at least parts of us, but they no longer define us. We are more than what's missing. We are created in the image of God, and faith makes that possible. Faith is not the divine plug for, for the whole that we carry each one of us inside, but rather a summons a call <laughs> to be more, to live and, and to love more, to share more because there is so much more that God desires for us than to be defined by what we lack or how we are judged by others or how we may even judge ourselves. Given all of that, there are at least two, two views of the religious life. Both acknowledge that the, this world is full of valleys and mountaintops, ups and downs. One view of faith, one view of the life of faith assumes that, that when we come to faith, things will settle down and, and stop shaking and suddenly make sense. The other view of faith, however, doesn't promise an end to our stumbles, but enables us to keep our footing amid them. Friends, I believe it is more the latter. I think that's what Jesus was talking about that night with, with his disciples. After all, the, the, the spirit he promised came as a helper, the advocate, the one who, who will take our defense when we're accused, the, the comforter, the one will, that will not leave our side during trouble. And understood this way, there is nothing, nothing about Jesus' words that would suggest that he's either promising an end to our problems or that he's inviting us to ignore them. Instead, instead he promises peace. Not, not merely the cessation of disturbance, but, but a confident expectation and hope about the future. Let me leave you with two examples. One faithful disciple was once asked what he would do if he thought the world would end tomorrow. And this disciple replied, I would plant a tree today. And that's not optimism, but hope. Not simply a lack of fear, but, but courage. Not the absence of conflict, but peace. Jesus' peace. A peace that the world cannot give. In a second story, a rabbi who was sent to Auschwitz as a little boy tells the incredible story of how important it is to hold on to one's faith. In the midst of the concentration camp, in the midst of death and horror all around, many Jews held onto whatever shreds of religious observances they could without drawing the guards' attention. In one cold winter evening, the rabbi's father gathered the group together in the barracks. It was the first night of Hanukkah, the, the Jewish festival of lights. 
The little boy watched in horror as his father took the group's last bit of butter and made a makeshift candle using a string from his ragged clothes. Then he took a match and he lit that candle. Father, no, the boy cried out. That butter is our last bit of food. How will we survive? We can live on food. We can live for many days without food, his father said. We cannot live a single moment without faith and without hope. This is the fire of hope. Never let it go out, not here, not anywhere. Friends, the world, the world, this community needs us to hold on to our hope. The world needs us to spread God's peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. May it be so. Amen. One of the tangible ways that we can be a flame of light and hope in the world is by our regular ongoing gifts, our tithes and our offerings, so that what we experience here is available for the world. We invite our ushers to come forward to wait upon us receiving tithes and offerings.
and bless each heart who gives, that we may be active participants in the community of Christ that lives by the rule of love and allows for your holy peace to sustain all that we do. We pray through the sweet name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Please remain standing as we sing together, and can it be that I should gain?
lot to say in that hymn, and I hope that those words go with you this day. Friends, be reminded that the peace of Christ goes with us, that we are inseparably linked with one another, and that peace, that peace which passes all of our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be among us this day and remain with us forever. Amen.